You know what I mean? Are you saying that you tried harder? You I made put this in confusing. More work? Sorry. Like I, I, while I was about to tell this, I forgot what I was going to say and then remembered. So it, <laughs> it became confusing. I, I'm sorry. And I tried to find it and I did. <laughs> did you just keep talking through your own confusion? No, for a very, I don't want you guys to think I was doing it the whole time, but I did it for a very, very brief point. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right. Lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know where you came up with. Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. Julio Gallerati, Francis Ellis, Ryan Lynch, Chris Casso. Full strength, full speed ahead. Chris has returned. Francis, how you doing? Good. <laughs> Chris. Casso or not Casso? Casso. Casso. Casso, Casso. No, I, I, I'm, I was doing a... I don't even know what I was doing. Yeah, to be or not to be. To be or not to be. Uh, yeah. um, Chris, welcome back. Uh, we, Chris gave us some nice gifts. He gave us some Italian playing cards. I actually needed some new ones because one of the, like, one of the cards in my deck was like slightly bent mm-hmm. and that sucks because you know what you card know what that card is. is you, sure know what I mean? yeah. you just sure need do. a new fucking deck so chris thank you he also brought some delicious uh parmesan cheese mm-hmm. which you've been snacking on and enjoying mm-hmm. chris how do you feel i feel good i'm not i'm not i thought i was gonna be like all fat and stuff when i came back but i walked everywhere so yeah nice no. and also when you travel like you're not as bored so like you don't just like eat because you're bored yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean so you can sort of it's kind of nice you can like eat whatever you want now do you feel refreshed Nice. You went to Italy. I did. Yeah? Yeah. Where? I was in Rome for five days, and I did Florence for five days. Wow. With the fam? No. Oh, you went by yourself? No, I was there for work for five days, and then I did by myself for five days. What was the work? I was with Matteo. No way. Matteo Lane, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. And he's a guy who I would put into the category of impressive output. There's like certain yeah. people where I'm like, how do they have enough energy and time in the day to do this much? It's uh, he's one of those people. It's definitely a, a humbling thing. I'm trying to think, who else would you put in that category? Hannah Burner is one of those people. Yeah, um, Big Cat is like that, dude. Really? Oh my god! Just pumping it out. They put out three episodes a week of Pardon My Take. Jesus, Jesus, and that's the have, number one show here, right? Yeah, and they have done for many years. Mr. Cat, dude. They record all day Sunday. Guy's a legend, dude. I he love does, that guy. Dude. He does so much work. It's incredible how much work he does. He's a cool dude. He's the man. <laughs> um, He's the real fucking deal, dude. Like when I this like when I see him, it like makes me happy. I'm yeah, like, look at that guy, dude. Yeah, he's pretty magnetic. <laughs> he's pretty magnetic. I I, I agree. He's yeah. he's a uh, you see him and you're it's you feel a little starstruck almost. <laughs> yeah, it's you know? cool, dude. Uh, for sure. Cool, Chris. Highlights of the trip. Um, food. And drinking, <laughs> I saw you drinking a little Aperol spritz. <laughs> yeah, just that's, that's, my boy. Yeah, just food and drinking and walking and I don't know. Nice. I just kind of hung out. Nice. Did some filming and then yeah. Nice dude. Love By the time you. I got to my second part, I didn't want to carry my camera around, so I was nice. just done. So you were in Florence by yourself. Yeah. And what'd you do there? Literally just like walked around all day and 
looked at stuff. <laughs> this is yeah. bad explanation. Dude, I feel you. No, I do that too. <laughs> yeah. What you are explaining is one of my favorite parts of traveling. Yeah. It's cool. Walking yeah. around and doing stuff. Yeah. Cool. Just you looking know? at stuff. Cool. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. What was funny is it depended because I kind of speak Italian and by the end of it, I kind of spoke okay. And it was funny depending on what outfit I was wearing. Like when I would go order something because I would always order in Italian, they would speak English or not back to me. Uh, so that was always interesting That's to interesting. see. Mm. Because I feel like I generally look, I don't know what I look like actually, but if I was wearing a more European boy outfit, right, they exactly. would speak back to me in Italian. And mm. I was like, nice. oh, nice. 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 <laughs> Good. I, like I love that. Good. Program. Well, here we are. Welcome back, Chris. Welcome back. We, we got have, a big dinner tonight. We have a big night Ooh. coming up. Big night. The boys are hitting a big dinner. Big boys dinner. It's almost like an international guys day fucking board <laughs> meeting or something. Yeah, this is where we might dr- draft our Declaration of Independence. <laughs> this is where we're going to write our Constitution, our Bill of yeah. Rights. Lenin's train trip to Moscow or whatever. Yeah, Saint that's Peter's, it. St. Petersburg. <laughs> oh, speaking of, I watched the World War One movie, All Quiet on the Western Front. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen that. Have you? Did you watch it? I think so. Is it, it just came out? Oh, there's an old one. Yeah, yeah. There's um, no, no, there was a book, and then they made. I guess they did make an old, old movie. Yeah, many I've years seen ago. the old one. I have not seen this. They one. made a new one. How is it's it? It's in German. It's you know, it's the war from from a German soldier's perspective. The original one is German too. Sure, I believe. Right, it, ha- it has to be. I think yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay, I never sorry. saw the. I never yeah. saw the original. It's good. It's a classic. This um has sort of changed my mind about war. Interesting. I'm not sure that I would have been good at it. Uh, and I don't know that I ever thought I would be. I just, I was always very drawn to, I mean, I, I was, I had so much admiration. And we've talked before on the pod about whether or not we would want to join the military or mm-hmm. try or anything with a, a total awareness of like, I'm not necessarily cut out for it. I just, I have so much respect for our, our military and watching this movie, oh man, oh man, it's bad. It's yeah. really bad. Now, not, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but like, certainly not all wars are as bad as each other. For the people fighting in them. Correct. Right. Yes. Right? I, I think that's a fair thing to say. That has to be okay. Because, yeah, the, the nature of that war to my knowledge, was, like, particularly, like, brutal. It was really bad. Yeah. That was really bad. And, I mean, I just think you'd have to say that as technology has improved, and let's, let's say that at least from, from an American perspective, uh, wars have become, you know, you, you, your ability to save someone's life from a medical perspective, you know, helicopters. Right. We didn't have helicopters in World War One, right? Right. You know, or this, 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 or even like so many things, like obviously modern medicine, but then also just the nature of the way war was fought. Yeah. You know, people being in harm's way more often. You're just getting killed by bayonets. Right. Right. I mean, my God, bayonets fighting hand to hand. Yeah. You know, just pushing someone's face into the mud until they drown. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. They're fucked up. It's trench warfare, and there, there was um. It's all the whole movie is set on this like, you know, thousand yard zone of mud and bombed out trees, 
one trench for the bad guys, one trench, well, one trench for the Germans, one trench for the French, and they keep meeting in the middle and fighting. And I, I don't want to give this away, but like at the end of the movie, they, they had a statistic. I love facts at the end of movies. Mm-hmm. And it said something like, you know, this war lasted for multiple years, and at times the, the, the line of the front moved you know over four years it only moved like a couple hundred yards wow that's what they were fighting over oh god and like millions of people dying just piling up i think i if i recall i believe it's possible that the first all quiet on the western front or in the book like you said like was one of the first things that like really highlighted the like horrors of that war i think yeah and how it was just like brutal well, and then you, then it just, I mean, what was war like before that? What was war like in the 1400s and the 1500s, the Crusades? Well, so I wonder if there's like something where there was a more of an ability to mobilize at that point because there was like trains and like there were ways to move massive amounts of people still without like certain things that would raise someone's likelihood of survival. So it was yeah. like, uh, you know what I mean? Potentially like a, a larger scale of just like bloodshed right. was possible. Okay, so let me ask you this. And this is, okay. What war would you, as as a as a coward... Wait, don't loot me into this coward category. Dude, I'm right? saying, I'm just saying <laughs> you and me in general. From a, from a most scared point of view, what war would you think you could have bought it what wait do you mean (laughs) i thought you were gonna say what war would i have been most afraid to fight in no okay so what war but why does me being a coward matter at this point i'm by the way i'm not saying you i know but but why does being a coward matter for the question because if you're like oh i don't want to fight in war at all but i have to choose one got it i have to choose a war to fight the most the most uh clean or best conditions the the least likelihood that you would die the most grisly death imaginable this might be a boring answer but like i would just research which war the least people died in and choose that one yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. You know, but dude, it does that's the Gulf War probably. Yeah, that was a pretty quick, decisive. We didn't lose very many people at all, and just over instantly. A few days, right? Or something. Yeah. I don't remember specifically, but yeah. So, like, dude, I, but I just I sometimes when a movie or something really captures, and again, I, I'm sure I've never been quote in the trenches, um, but like. When they capture the essence of war, and it's interesting to see those people who are just like scared, fucking shitless. Like the idea of being in that situation is like really scary. And, yeah, and like you just feel bad for those people. You're like, damn, that's Dying gonna be terrifying. You could die at any second. It's just like such a. And yeah. I wonder, like, if how in touch you are with that, and just anybody who's like been in battle, I'm curious about this. Like, how in touch are you with the emotions of being in the line of fire? before it actually happens like what is it like on game day where you're sitting there playing fucking briscola in your barracks and suddenly you are under attack mm-hmm. is that some like emotions that you've ne- you didn't anticipate you know it's just mm-hmm. such a fascinating thing i think uh i'm sure it's a spectrum right i'm sure that there are people for whom time slows down and right. they're so they're so trained 
and they're in, you know there's it's so ingrained in them what to do that it, it just sort of becomes almost like a fire drill or you know right uh okay you know load my ammunition and put my th- helmet on and now we're doing this and we're going to move and uh i'm sure that for other people i, I mean i'm sure i would freeze yeah i, I wonder like i have no I idea know. i don't know i just I don't know um, the closest thing we have is sports right i guess i don't know i mean for you because you played like a physical sport i never played a like contact sport like that yeah where i had to like check people and fucking you know there were definitely times where i'd be on the field and i'd be terrified because there's just some huge dude running at you. Well, that or like the the stakes just felt so high like mm. if i had the ball yeah i there were times where i, I you know i would just think I don't even know how to pass this. Right. No, I know what you mean. Like, like a big, a big moment, or like Just going from practice to a game was, yeah, two totally different things. Yeah, fear of losing is like a is a you know especially like your team's counting on you in tennis. It can be like really acute because you know the score is three three. You play like first person to get to four total matches wins. Mm-hmm. And there, so there's seven matches total. So if it's three three and you're playing the deciding match and your entire team is watching you, like that's that can be like stressful. Yeah, you know. Yeah, some people are just cut out for it. And dude, I I've watched like documentaries where, by the way, every single thing of documentary about basketball or just when people talk about basketball in general, they love to say the game of basketball. You will notice next time. <laughs> that's the thing about the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Like you hear guys say that constantly. I'm always like, what is that? Yeah. Um, but like they would talk about, I was watching like the Duke documentary or the Christian Leitner documentary or something. Mm-hmm. And they were saying how like he was super clutch because he always practiced like it was the game. How do you do that? It's not the game. So how can you possibly practice like it's the game if it's not the game? I have an answer for this because I, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's moving at the same speed that you would move at in the game. But for example, if you're shooting free throws in practice and it's the game, every single time you miss a free throw in practice, you are then going to be devastated because it was the game and it mattered, right? Well... Is that wrong? Like, you just have to disconnect that part? Um, yeah, I'm sure that the the ability to bounce back is quicker and easier in practice, right? Right, it's but like, I, hopefully, I think the the more important thing is you know you're looking at your own teammates that you're scrimmaging against, and you're saying I hate that guy, and I want to beat him as badly as I would if he were on a the different team that we're going to play on Saturday. Right, right. Just you for do, that moment, just for the dude. When we were, I mean, in college, I we because we used to. It was always like all of our drills were always offense versus defense. And you play against your own team five days a week, and then you only get to play a different team one day a week. Right, so they're your enemies all week. <laughs> fucking hated each other. That's crazy. We hated each other. They the, the defense would beat the shit out of us, and then we would we would just hate them. Yeah. We ha- I hated the defense. Jesus, that's so crazy. I didn't like them, and and I would say that I was. I was not as close friends with guys that were on the defense versus because of that versus the offense. It's crazy, dude. It's a crazy thing. You know, fights would break out. It was always defense against office. And I, I resented them because I would say like, you guys know that you need us on Saturday just as much as you need, as we need you. Why are you 
trying to hit us? Why like, why are you, us why are you hurting us? Yeah. What are, you're injuring your own, like, what the fuck? Yeah. But then it's like, well, okay, if they're more careful, then they're not preparing us mm. for Saturday as well as they should be. Right, 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 right. And I think yeah. in contact sports, especially football, there's, it's very hard to know how hard to go in practice. Right. Right. You know, right. how do you, especially when your body's on the line like that? Exactly. Like there's this rule in football. Don't touch the quarterback. He's wearing the red penny, whatever. Well, how do you, as a, as a defensive end, how do you rush the quarterback as hard as you would in a game and prepare him to know that he only right, has right, 2.3 right, right, seconds right. if you what also have to thing. remember, like, at the last second, I had to pull up. Yeah, How do you do yeah, that? I did, yeah. I don't know. How do you prepare, prepare an offensive lineman to battle with a, an oncoming rusher uh, if, you know, you're not allowed to touch the quarterback, which right. is obviously the goal? Right. It's crazy. I actually have some information about this. Oh, oh yeah, because Chris worked with the Rams. That's yeah. right. Um, so they would only hit like one day a week, really. And then it's a lot, mostly individual drills where they do the hitting, not in like the big team thing. So they don't like get other people. Hurt. Right. Interesting. And then also they fully fought this fun little thing because some places we played were so loud, like New Orleans, for example, you literally can't even hear yourself think part of my job. I would play music during practice and it was so loud. So because they can't talk to each other at the line. So we'd play music so loud. So they literally can't talk to each other. In preparation for the game. Wow. Which wow. Was, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's cool. Huh. That's some good insider info, dude. Good yeah. info. That's a better fact than any fact with Ryan. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. Ryan, how do you feel about that fact? You mad about it? You could come with a fact at the end of the episode. It's going to make that fact look like a... Francis, stop pitting us against each other, bro. This isn't lacrosse practice, dude. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm seeing offense and defense right now. I'm telling you what. I think we've figured out who's sitting on which side of the table at dinner tonight. <laughs> I think the lines oh, have so been drawn. for dinner. Oh, <laughs> we're, going, we're going to Fort Charles Prime Rib. We're going to have fucking... I'm drinking. I don't know about you. Oh, you I'm know drinking. me. I'll I'm probably drink. And I'm drinking. Get in a fight with my wife and sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, uh, big night. This, uh, this nice extended fall weather has been allowing me to rock my matching rule of threads jumpsuit, I guess if you want to call oh, it. You Hoodie and your, jogger combo. That's your best look. I look cute. That is your fit. Bro. I look cute. My you, fucking little tush popping out. Yeah, dude. not so little. <laughs> that thing is a monument to the world. Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, right now, there's early access to uh, Black Friday sales on the Ooh. on the uh, the website for Rule of Threads. You know, stock up for hol- holiday family gatherings, premium t-shirts and polos and fall weather with hoodies and joggers. Um, I still think we have a solid amount of hall or fall weather ahead of us. Yeah, and and even if you you know for the winter, I mean these these premium clean menswear basics are exactly what you need to cozy up to a fire with that new puppy you're thinking of getting. So right now, go to ruleofthreads dot com. No code necessary. Twenty five percent off site wide. Hook yourself up. You're gonna look amazing. Ruleofthreads dot com right now for twenty five percent off. Your yeah, well, dude, okay, I have a so speaking of the fear topic, this is a good one. I thought of this the other day, and I'm curious what you guys think. So. I sent you the video of that like terrifying plane situation. Yes, and I wish you didn't do that. <laughs> so it's a crazy. <laughs> okay, just you keep keep going. I want to. I sent immediately. Julia likes to send us videos of like 
planes that are in free fall. <laughs> Just fucking horror movies from inside the cabin. People shrieking, you know, the drink cart getting airborne in the aisle. You know, shit like that. Just outside the windows, lightning storm. Looks like somebody's in a, a fucking galactic bowling alley. Yeah, that, that was like a particularly violent one. Yeah, and I immediately responded. I was like, you're just sending me this to try to win the flight contest. <laughs> Discourage me from flying for the rest of the year so that you can win it. It's just That just wasn't true, but I remember sending it and being like, he's going to think this. So it was funny that that is immediately what you said. Mm-hmm. So there was a video, and you can find it if you Google it, if you're brave enough. I also posted it on my story. Uh, sorry to everybody who was like, are you serious, dude? <laughs> um, it, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Latam Airlines, L-A-T-A-M. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's Chilean or Brazilian. It's South American airline. It's flying from uh, Santiago. It's Chilean. Santiago to Asuncion, Paraguay. Oh, wow. And somehow they drove through a lightning storm. I read the entire story because it was stressful. Um, which you're not supposed to drive through a lightning storm. Like they try to avoid storms. So I don't know how they ended up in this storm. And it's sort of unclear if like the pilots didn't read the report. I was reading all like the tweets about about people saying what could have happened. And basically, they drove through this lightning storm, had insane, violent turbulence. The nose of the plane ripped off of the plane. Whoa. And they had to emergency land the plane. Everybody's fine. Nothing bad happened. Um, But I was like, oh, that's terrifying. It made me think, what would you rather have happened? Oh, boy. Now, let's assume assume that... Actually, this actually doesn't matter. We don't have to assume anything. So would you rather be in that situation with that crazy, scary turbulence that was a little violent. You saw the video. Everybody's fine. Nobody hurt. Or, and say it lasts, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, maybe it's not that violent for 10 minutes, but it's violent in moments for 10 minutes and you're scared uh, shitless. Or have to do the 17-hour Dubai via Milan to New York flight with acute food poisoning. Wow. wow. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I potentially think the food poisoning, honestly. I don't. It's because like, when you're in that moment and the plane is violently fucking shaking and the lights go off, like you think you're going to die. I know. But let me, let me tell you this uh, as a corollary. <laughs> when the slightest hint of turbulence hits when I am on a plane, I have this weird switch that I flip where my mind instantly says we're dying and you've lived a great life (laughs) thank you for the time i've had on earth uh (laughs) one rumble this has this has been a great run (laughs) i instantly accept my fate and make sure that i am only thinking positive thoughts i'm not sure if it's some sort of subconscious effort to get into heaven or if it's i think it's more okay i'm preparing myself for this to get a lot worse and i really don't want to die screaming and in complete fear i want to i look i dude i'm not kidding you this is good topic though the inner dialogue during turbulence is truly a thing i'm not kidding you um i was on that flight home i was on the flight home from uh phoenix and we had some turbulence, and it was a, a turbulent drop. Yeah, yeah. 
It was a <gasps> drop where your stomach, you, we must have dropped multiple feet. Yeah. And my stomach, all you know, you kind of feel like you're just in free fall for a yeah. second. Yeah. And not, not the shake, but the drop. And I instantly looked around to decide whose hand I would hold as we crashed. <laughs> and there was this guy to my left who was like this old man wearing a mask and i didn't really want to hold his hand yeah <laughs> he wasn't the guy this is not the guy i didn't like his headphones um i didn't like his skin on his hands he wasn't the guy that i wanted to die holding hands scaly. with. but then i started thinking well is that is that the wrong should i we're all god's children and uh, he needs someone to whose hand to hold and he's sitting next to me so he's probably gonna want to hold my hand i'll just hold his hand yeah maybe i will <laughs> maybe i will hold his hand but for some reason i wanted to hold a woman's hand and i wanted to hold an older woman's mm. hand i wanted a, a, a i don't know why protector mode yeah i wanted i wanted like a come here dear a woman who only speaks Spanish and had rosary beads around her neck. Uh, and she's just like praying. I stuff. wanted to connect to the person I thought was closest with God. Yeah, a person who's likely to clap when the plane lands. Who had maybe done the work for us, and then I could ride her coattails. Oh, okay. And I don't know. I don't know if my mind went that far. It was also probably just a pure <sighs> squeamishness thing. Like, I, I, you know, I, I didn't really want to touch an old man there was like a weird homophobia to it i guess i don't know why um that sounds weird (laughs) you bring up a good point here though dude like (laughs) you bring up a good point like this inner this irrational inner dialogue does happen during turbulence and to me this is what happens so we do this it bumps bumps and i go Okay, you know that like planes don't typically have any like plane has never really gone down. Oh, you reassure yourself. You have nothing to worry about. Like the exact opposite. I'm I'm like, stop being a bitch. Like this is fine. You're gonna be fine. I know it feels. It may feel unpleasant, but you have a hundred percent chance of survival. Stop being scared. Like it's not worth it. And then I'm like, dude, wouldn't it be crazy if I just texted Hillary right now, being like, sweetie, this is not a joke. This plane is going down. I love you. I'm like, I would never do that though. Okay, focus. Dude, literally, I have that thought. Um, but it is crazy. No matter what, like that's why fear is so interesting. Like it can be very, it can be irrational. It is. You can know that something you like knowing the odds doesn't necessarily make you not scared. Nothing. It can help, but like you know. But I, it's funny because you do go in a way to the same thought I have, which is you envision sending the text to your loved ones. I'm and and, and I, that you're considering the worst outcome. Yeah, that this is the end, and I just feel like I'm I'm getting I'm skipping a step to get there. I'm I'm getting to the point where anything better than what I think is going to happen, I'm happy about. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like mean, you want that's like a nice thing. <laughs> all right, tiny bit of shaking. This is as this is about to be the end. We're going down. And I want to be thinking in, I want the last images in my mind to be the faces of the people I love. Gosh, oh, that's crazy. Um, so that I'm not looking around at, at chaos and terror and being in terror as we die. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, 
it's it's almost sort of a, a poetic analogy to how they say when you get when you're surfing and you get tossed by a wave, if you keep your body loose, you're less likely to get hurt than if you right, tense right. up. Why drunk drivers survive? Yeah. Right. Right. Like exactly. Survive, yeah. Like I think that if I'm thinking of you know the faces of my family and thanking the Lord, whatever, whatever power for the time that I've had and just running the slideshow of, of love for my life that there will be peace as I die. Mm. And I would much prefer that <laughs> than thinking like, ah, are we going to save it? Is he going to save it? Can I do anything? Ah! Mayday, mayday. Dude, totally. I will sometimes start thinking about how death is peaceful. I'll be like, that's not that bad. You don't even know you're dead. It's just like the ultimate, it's like bliss. You know, it's worse for the people who survive. And then you're like, ah, oh, but those people, those are bad. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. just, dude, it's a crazy thought mm-hmm. process, man. Mm-hmm. Crazy thought process. Yeah. All right, dude. So I want to. I would, so the answer, by the way, to your, your original yes. question, would I rather go die? No, you don't die. Go through that flight, the go scary flight. The, the scary flight. do what you did. Nose ripping off. Dude, I hate to say this. When you described what you went through on that flight. <laughs> I cannot come up with something worse. It was really bad. I'm telling you, like for me, because I've had much smaller versions of that. One time I took, I think I told you I took a boat across the Adriatic, a ferry from Venice to I Croatia. I don't think you told me this. When I was 18. But you were hungover? Well, I think we were, but it, it didn't even matter. Just seasickness? I mean, dude, the boat was pitching like oh, 20 God. foot swells. It's terrible. And the whole time. Four hours. Oh, no escaping God. it. I'm in a, a, a boat bathroom. Oh, just metal toilet. Oh. Puking. Oh. People banging on the door. I need to throw up. Oh, my God. Everybody's throwing up. And there's no escaping it. And that's four hours. So your experience for as long as you had it. It was really bad. Endless. All sides. I, I, I just. Yeah. That's as bad as it gets. Other than physical torture <laughs> truly yeah. truly or or like really or like watching a child die yeah. oh my god in front of yeah, you dude very bad i, was, I can't bad. name more than that yeah. ahead of it that it i would bad. want to do less but food for thought two terrible scenarios and, yeah that was a good one um yeah i thought you guys would enjoy that oh boy well i was quite hung over this morning but i'll tell you what julio gallerati when you get that Brooklyn Roasting Company mm, coffee yeah. in that, that first sip into that <laughs> dry, disgusting mouth, that disgusting <laughs> saliva, boozy mouth, and you can sm- pave over it with the sweet it's really nice. aromas of Brooklyn Roasting Coffee, get that jolt to your system. You know, your it's like taking the limitless pill. <laughs> Yeah, the world just opens up. Everything reverts to colors pop. Your taste buds restored. Senses on high alert. And you get that sense of hope back too. Brooklyn Roasting Coffee is the palliative to even your worst bleary-eyed hangovers. Uh, I love our coffee. The Oops Beans. God almighty, it's delicious. Had myself a nice (laughs) double extra shot uh, iced oat milk latte using our Oops Beans this morning. And I sure do love the coffee. They're the best, dude. I just absolutely love the Oops Beans. I love Brooklyn Roasting Company. Delicious coffee for people who like coffee. Yeah, yeah. 
So go to brooklynroasting.com right now. Get yourself some Oops Beans, our blend. Uh, incredible coffee. Use promo code OOPSBEANS. That'll get you 5% off. Do it now before your next hangover so you have it ready in case of emergency. brooklynroasting.com, promo code OOPSBEANS. So, dude, I have an interesting story that I heard. Excellent. Um, and I, this is just before I go into it, I wanted you to, I want you to know that this guy who I'm going to tell you about is not a bad dude at all. He's actually one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And like hanging out with him, you just, he's one of those guys you just sit and let him go. And like, just, he's an odd, quirky, like evil genius sort of. All right. Mm. So I'll say that. But this is about the topic of sending food back. Mm. So something comes out, you know, you, there's a hair in it, whatever, send it back type of thing. This is not what happened in this particular instance, but it's an interesting topic. And sometimes I agree with people doing it another time. I, the people who tend to do it tend to abuse it, abuse mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I can't recall many times where people are sending food back who I'm like, all right, here he goes again. Mm -hmm. So this guy in particular goes to, friends with, goes to dinner with another friend. They sit down. They order porterhouse, like $200 porterhouse, right? Nice, fancy steak, whatever. Comes out, cu cuts into it, well done. And he asks for medium rare. He's like, dude, are you fucking serious? Sends it back. Um, and they come out, they're like, Hey, I'm so sorry. The manager comes out. We're really sorry about this. Like, we're going to comp your guys dinner and we'd love to invite you back. Oh my God. And they're like, okay. Like, like uh, it's, they're like, it's all good. Like, sorry. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it's such an expensive steak. Like, we're really looking forward to it. We were just hoping at a place that's this nice. You guys would cook it well enough. They're like, yeah, of course, of course. They said all that. Yeah. yeah. So they, they said so, those words. No, something like, no, no. I think they, they were, the, the tone was nice. They're like, we're so, we're really sorry. We, we like, you know, we're not normally this picky. We're not a pain in the ass. Like they go yep, through that yep, whole yep, thing. Yep, okay. yep. So dude, they go back, right? Oh boy. Orders the same thing. Comes out. Takes a bite. Cuts into it. Well done. Sends it back. <laughs> the manager comes out again. She's like, well, well, well. <laughs> Well, 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 look who it is. If it isn't Mr. Johnson or whatever, we'll give him that name, right? So we heard that the steak wasn't to your liking. And he's like, yeah, no, it wasn't. He's like, it was well done. She goes, well, it's interesting you say that because we actually took the temperature of the steak and the perfect medium rare steak should be cooked at 119 degrees. So we actually measured the temperature before we sent the steak out to you and it was, it was 100 and no, she said 120 degrees and his steak was 119 degrees. It was 119 degrees. And he goes, well, it's funny you say that. He's like, the bite in the middle was actually quite good. But do you think it's possible that perhaps some, somehow the outside of the steak was well done while the inside of the steak managed to be medium rare? And she's like, no, I haven't considered that. He's like, have you considered that perhaps your guy's oven is defective? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my, oh God, my God, dude. dude. This is like making me so uncomfortable. This and I wasn't bad. even there. <laughs> Sends it back again. They, they bring out another one, whatever. And then they invite them back for dinner for a third time. Oh. So that I don't know. The third dinner hasn't happened yet, but I'm like, dude, this wait, is wait a madness. Minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. Okay, I just got what you were saying. So you're telling me that he goes goes, has the overcooked steak, sends it back, they bring him out another one at that meal? I think I think they did, and I, I think he actually said that it was well done again, actually. But and he then, ate it. I think so. And then they invited them to come. They comp the whole meal, invite them to come back another the night. The second time he comes back, Sends back same again. problem. Same problem. <laughs> How stressed out is this story, dude, making you? I'm like, dude. I, 
I mean, look. If you're paying $200 for a steak, it's a place you can send a steak back at. Okay. Maybe. But, but it sounds as though he's <laughs> evaluating the steak based on that end piece, which often is not cooked. It's thinner, <laughs> right? The edges are whatever. So the, the middle's always going to be more rare. Right. And I think you are supposed to evaluate a steak's temperature from the middle. From the middle. Right. And it's. Um, I love. I can't wait to get the final update. <laughs> it's just such the fact that she came out. I was like, well, 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 look who well, it is. well, 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 well done. I should have known, <laughs> dude. Unbelievable, dude. That's tough, man. I, <laughs> and dude, I gotta be honest. Like, and maybe I'm just not like going out to eat enough at like fancy places, like occasionally, whatever. But like, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I know enough about co- meat cooking to like. I'd be like, eh, this is not that great. And maybe I'd I'd be like, listen, like it was a little overcooked or something, but I don't think I don't know if I'd send it back. I don't know, dude. Dude, I have um my my threshold for sending shit back is almost like borderline submissive. Yeah, I would never send something back with a hair on it. I I I am willing to eat submissive. feces. <laughs> Before I am sending, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like the restaurant dommed me. Yes, yes, yes. And the the times I can think of times where I have sent something back. One time we were at this really nice seafood restaurant in Portland, Maine with my family out to dinner. Um, Super nice. It's called Scales. Scales. And everyone ordered their food. I ordered a tuna steak and it came out and the middle was frozen. Oh my god! Okay, that's, frozen. Yeah, and to the degree that you couldn't cut it. That's crazy. And that was when I said, "I'm really sorry. I apologize." Right. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I think this probably needs to be cooked some more. And they were they were so embarrassed and right. so. And then you let them off the hook. You're right. There's a way to do it where you're not a dick. Because if you're like, "Come here, give me your finger." Yeah. Touch that. Yeah. Does that feel cooked? Does that feel cooked? <laughs> I know you guys like hockey up here, but you know that doesn't feel cooked to me. My wife's got swollen knees. You know, <laughs> bring it home for her. Throw a little ice, huh? Is that what you want? Did you just bring this out because she you saw that she's a little swollen? Listen, I wanted to walk too, but uh, yeah. listen. You think we just went through surgery? My little boy over there got his wisdom teeth removed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Dude, insane. Um, yeah. In that situation it's fine. But yeah. agreed, dude. It's like uh I, I like I'm not saying I disagree with it, um, necessarily. Like, okay, fine, if they fuck your shit up and you're paying for it, like I get it. But yeah, I too am like a little I'm a little bit of a little bitch about it's, it. It's it's funny. I it's it's oh, I don't I don't know how much the thought of, well, we're this is a really fancy restaurant and we're paying a ton for it factors in i don't know that i feel more entitled to perfection simply because that's probably not true i think i do maybe i do like you know a really fancy restaurant fucks something up you you're you're more likely to send it back than if you're at a diner and come the food comes out shit oh definitely definitely okay i retract there's a different no there's but but still but still um but it is an interesting thing to examine dude but also okay this too like you and I being, you know, public, we're public figures, you know, 
Now, granted, a story about me sending food back is never going to make headlines. However, you worry, and you've you've alluded to this before. You maybe you just worry about becoming like the name, next James Corden mm-hmm, somehow. Mm-hmm. Now he there. It's hard to imagine that like his side of the story makes him sound better in that situation because of how fucking terrible that yeah. story is. Yeah. Um. But still, like maybe we're like more hyper aware because of that. Because of just like the idea that people will be talking about, oh, I met him one time, served him an espresso martini, threw it in my face. Yeah. <laughs> he was a dick, dude. Well, um, I don't know. I wonder if, I wonder if how part of that is, you know, at what point in your life you become famous. Do you mean like you suddenly now are like, I'm better than everybody? <laughs> uh, I, I, my, my, que- my thought would be, let's say that you were a child star and you grew up and you just had success from a really young age where you're, you've never had to make a, a restaurant reservation. Right. You know, and, and anywhere you go, people are like, blah, blah, blah. Well, good to see you, sir. I, yeah. We know who you are. And if that's the case, if you're more likely to just feel entitled to treat people like shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if all of a sudden we became like A-list movie stars when we were 40, we've got this body of work. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and struggle. Having, yeah. And So, but it's interesting. I feel like that what you're describing can go both ways too. Like somebody who's never had to like struggle, they've like been successful from the start to the end. No one ever told them no, like whatever. Uh, maybe not the no one ever told them no thing, but like, Sometimes those people are just like they don't have a cynical bone in their body because they've never been told no yeah. or wronged. Or I was talking about this with people yesterday, actually, that it's interesting to see when that kind of person finally hits a rough patch, mm. how they handle it. Yeah. And then they're like, ah, the fuck it. And you're like, oh, thank God you have it, too. <laughs> you have this, too. Oh, I thought you didn't. Wait, what do you mean? What are they doing? So like they've been. Like they started, say comedy is an example. They started comedy and they just immediately started getting everything. They got Montreal right away. They got cast. They, this and that. They were just getting everything, getting paid, making money, doing great all along. And then suddenly they hit some sort of rough patch where Mm -hmm. something goes wrong. They lose a gig, whatever, whatever happens. And you to see that type of person get better is interesting. It's a separate thing from what Mm -hmm. we're talking about. I see what you're saying, yeah. (laughs) It could be like reassuring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I I agree with that. I agree. Uh, I don't view, you know, there's this part of me that thinks that once I've, let's say, made it, the luxury of that that comes with that is not so much being able to treat people like shit. Totally. Certainly not. But rather that I'll have more luxury to treat them so well that I can create a mystical narrative around myself. (laughs) And I I have an example for you, which is Peyton Manning. Um, And I've never forgotten this. A story went viral a number of years ago where a, a a server at a restaurant he was eating at with a big group of people, right? So it must have been like eight or ten people, uh, took a photo of the bill that he had paid. And it was a huge bill. And because it was ten people, the tip was included, right? And he had like crossed out tip included and then added like 30% on top of wow, the tip that's nice. included. That's nice. And 
this server took a photo of this and like tweeted it and was like, Peyton Manning's really generous. And it went viral. And then that server got fired oh, wow. for, you know, like exposing the fact and anything. Yeah. But what better thing to have go viral about yourself? Totally. Um, what could be better? Yeah. You know, it, it, it like there's and there's this part. I, th- I think I've told you this before, but like I suspect that if I were to continue to succeed and get more famous, let's say my tips would just rise. Not necessarily out of graciousness, but rather because I'm I'm waiting for that opportunity for a server to do that to me. Right, it's an investment right, right. in the likelihood <laughs> of making myself more likable. You know what I mean? Um, that's my thought. But then again, I do think that there is also everybody I admire who is famous. Had, uh, the vast majority of them are people who try to keep as much as they possibly can private mm. uh, in their private life and all of this. And I just think that that's probably the safer route because in the same way that you might but not... But, but why is that at odds with the tipping thing? Like you're not necessarily make opening yourself up for being put on blast by doing that like no by leaving a normal tip it doesn't make uh, because more... i say i say like I, i'm i'm tipping more because you i never know when i'm i keep trying to get that server <laughs> right, to take to the tweet. picture and tweet it <laughs> but the flip side of that is then lose acting, your job and you got to pay her year of salary yeah, after that <laughs> you know if i'm acting flamboyantly um then then i also open myself up to bigger faults being exposed right uh and that's it just takes one of those to undo the big tip story i always wonder this dude about fame like it makes sense why people who get really famous have a huge ego because here they are doing this thing that's impossible they've done the impossible they are a famous rich celebrity everybody loves them and fawns over them and knows where they are and how that has to go to your head like you like i have done something that no one else can do. I am now better than people. To not have that, to like not have that thought process, I would argue is impressive. Which is why the story of like diva hood is so common. And to your point, like struggling for a long time and then becoming successful has to help mm-hmm. to make you into a humble mm-hmm. celebrity because you've been through shit. Yeah, yeah. But how do you not be like I'm the man? You know. I'm. I'm not. I think I'll be able to do it if it were to happen to me. You know what I mean? Well, but I, I think I get it. I get why it happens. I think it's possible to think I'm the man without thinking I'm better than people. Mm-hmm. I think you can do that. I think there's a way to do that. I feel like you know who's the phenomenal actor who's the lead in Ozark. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. He strikes me as a guy. I could be dead wrong, but he strikes me as a guy who's like, I'm really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm the man, but does not think that he's better than the 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 guy holding the camera or the right. boom mic or right. setting up the crafty table or the hair and makeup person or even the driver who brings him to set. Yeah. He's treating everybody and trying his best to learn their names and remember them. He's shaking their hands warmly. Who the fuck knows? I'm crafting this about Jason Bateman, but like that's a guy that, you know. 
it strikes me as is making the same effort to everybody. Right, 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 right. Regardless of how much more and more. Now, you get to a point, probably, where if you're so famous, you can't walk out your door without being mobbed by photographers and paparazzi and kids wanting autographs. And time will disappear if you are as generous as you once were. Right, you can't do it. But you can still present and do your best and protect yourself without being rude. Yeah, but protect yourself is a good is is a key term there. So it's like, okay, I need to make it seem like I'm cool, but I think these people are losers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like yeah. I just want dude, I just don't know. But listen, like there are things here that um like I always think about these two things. So first of all, like if you were to become super duper famous, right? Like every time, okay, every time I like progress and I do something that like I thought was difficult or that like whatever, you know what I mean? I get to a new part of my career. Uh I find myself being like, okay, this isn't about me necessarily. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I've achieved anything or if I've done anything, like it's more about my like a mindset almost. Like I w- I tried to do this, which like is part of a is part of it. So I don't know. And I guess well, how me, does that how does that make you feel like it makes it makes better. me feel less exceptional? Oh, because I'm like, I, tr- I the only reason why I'm here doing this, like one of the main reasons is because I tried to. So put me against all these. So say there's other people who like wanted to do what I'm now doing. Did they try? The answer is no. Most of the time. Right. So like there's I start doing Wait, these little. Well, how is that true? OK, so like because you tried, but did you try? You know what I mean? Are you saying that you tried harder? You I made put this in confusing. More work? Sorry. Like I, I, while I was about to tell this, I forgot what I was going to say and then remembered. So it, <laughs> it became confusing. I, I'm sorry. And I tried to find it and I did. <laughs> did you just keep talking through your own confusion? No, for a very, I don't want you guys to think I was doing it the whole time, but I did it for a very, very brief point where I was like, oh, like that's if I were amazing. to get really famous, I okay. had forgotten at that moment. That's really, that's sorry. really amazing. Sorry. No, um, I... But I'm hoping that, like, if I were to get super famous, I would be able to, like, have some kind of conversation like that with myself to take my exceptionalism out of the conversation as to why I was where I was. There's, like, things that get you there that are more important than, like, you being special. You know what I mean? Hard work. Like, there are things that are obvious, usually. Hard work, you know, determination, like, that kind of shit. Yes. Trump's talent most of the time, except in, like, the combine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, and I kind of see what you're saying. If you can almost trace your roadmap and say, well, yeah, the reason I'm here is because I had to do this to get this, to do this, and that sucked, but it got me there, and voila, uh, it feels less divine intervention, prodigal son-y. Yeah than somebody who exactly was just picked up off the street for right. being beautiful and then became a an avenger right 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 at which point you might say like interesting yeah god yeah. put me right here. that person has more likely to yeah, yeah. and dude I, okay so like maybe yeah maybe i've alluded to this in the past i date i used to date somebody whose dad is super successful like fashion designer whatever like public person whatever i was always really impressed by him and the way that he was and the things that he would say about his success, he'd be like, he'd be like, you know, he'd be like, I worked hard and you also have to get a little lucky, Julio. 
I'd be like, that's very nice. How much dude. do you think he believes that though? How much? How much is that the truth? From I think him? he believes it a little. Like I think he had. He was obviously like a very. He's a guy who had a crazy work ethic. Like he would do these like crazy flights and still show up at stuff. And I'd be like, how are you here? He'd be like, you got to do what you got to do. If yeah. You, if I didn't, I would feel worse about myself. And I was like, I, oh, that's I, good. I, I, be- I believe him. It might be a charade, but I believe him. Dude, it's funny. I mean, you look at people who are gigantic success stories. I can't think of someone who, the, what, like, it, you, if you really get into their day, is not busting their fucking I know. ass. I know. Or, or did for a long period. Totally. There's nobody. I, I, I mean. Or just like, yeah, they're like focused as fuck when they need to be or effective, but like yeah. they're putting, they're putting in the time one way or another. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. And then I realize, okay, well, can I imprint that on my own life? And how do I compare my work ethic and total work to what I've seen those people doing? And I realize, you know, maybe I'm not, I just don't want it as badly as they did. Mm. And you know something? That's okay. That is okay. <laughs> That's I okay. I agree. I Like, let's look at Big Cat again. And again, I mean this out of utter admiration. I don't know that I can work as hard as he does. Interesting. I just don't know that I can. He's built differently. Guy's a legend. He's so good, and he's tireless. And I get tired after talking to people for five <laughs> minutes. I get stressed when someone makes a plan for me on a Saturday night. I I don't like I someone I get a wedding invitation. Dude, when I get a wedding invitation for a wedding that's like ten months from now, that envelope that comes <laughs> with the fucking flowery stamp and the calligraphy uh, writing Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Ellis. Yeah. I get my heart races. Would you rather be on the crazy flight or receive a wedding invitation? <laughs> I think let's say let's say like a mailbox I open up that has three wedding invitations. I might take the flight. Ladam I'm flight not fucking around. To Asuncion. It is to know that it's like I'm giving up three weddings, three weekends of like my summer or the fall or my you know favorite times of year to do that and travel and get the suit dry cleaned and all of that. Brutal. Oh, <laughs> it it gives me it gives me so much more stress ahead of time than than is warranted because once I'm there and I'm in the process and I've accepted it, I typically have a good time. Yeah, totally, totally. But it's that knowing of like, my God. I mean, Sierra has learned, do not send me calendar invites. <laughs> like at this point, you know, I don't. And when I get a calendar invite out of nowhere, you're like, dude, I'm tapped out. I'm such a bad, I'm so bad at dealing with anxiety for committed plans of time. And dude, to your point, like that is such a helpful nugget, knowing that when you go, you have a good time, bro. Don't like let the anticipation get to you. I think I've gotten better about it. Yeah. And I also think that it, it helps when I've, got a little more control over my own schedule because and dude the other thing is that i i probably trump up my own fear 
uh, of um, of like, oh, I'm so tired. I tell, whenever I start saying, I'm so tired. I'm I'm working so hard, doing so yeah. much these days. I haven't, because I, I do that a lot. That's a bad practice. Mm, I agree. It's a bad practice. I agree. You're just making it worse. Yeah, I agree. I do it too. And like some days where I just have like a ton of shit to do, I'm like, dude, just like do it one thing at a time. It's never as bad as you think. It doesn't take as long as you think. Just do it. Why are you like, oh, I have so much shit to do. I did so much shit. I know I can get through stuff. Yeah. I've gotten through really much worse things than three weddings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but man, oh man. Yeah. Dude, do you ever get afraid? Do you like get be like fear that your shit's going to just fall apart at any moment? Do you ever have that feeling? Um, less now. Like because f- of the firing and the. You've been through that. It helped me. It wasn't me. that bad. It helped me uh, sort of assuage that fear. Yeah. Because once you lose everything and then you realize it's your life's not over and that you can kind of cobble together a living, well, then I, I know now that you I could probably it. lose everything again. Although, God almighty, I hope it doesn't happen. It <laughs> sucks. And you can lose things worse. Yeah. Yeah. You can lose things worse. Totally. Yeah, dude, I, it's funny. I will have the impulse to, like, worry about stuff like that sometimes and be like, oh, but what if, what if, and I wonder, like, why that is an impulse that I have, and then I remember, I'm like, oh, it's because, like, I've, in my professional life, I've been a failure, like, 80% of the time. Yeah. Like, I'm much more familiar with the feeling of being a failure than I am with the feeling of, like, being, having my shit together. But don't you, <laughs> don't you hate that? Meaning, wouldn't you hate to go back there is there a part of you that's like i'll never go back to that yes yes but and then i th- but i have this thought then too because absolutely but that time i started from scratch and this time i'm not so that's it's almost like yeah, you have exactly. w- when you like get in really good shape it's easier to get back to that level than it was to get there initially yeah right yeah like if you like especially a person who's fit like you like do you agree with that statement i don't know that i can comment much on uh I guess it gets harder on get getting older, in but. shape. I, I'm going to I'm going to say something really douchey, but I've never been out of shape. Right. So I've no fine, but you've been. There are times where you like, dude, I was huge then. Like, yeah, but know. not like I was just that was intentional. But it wasn't. I've never been. I've never been overweight. I've no, I know. Just but been, I'm, no, I meant huge, like muscular. Huge. Yeah, and you're saying trying to get back to that. I'm just saying, like the thing, like when you were telling me you like I was working out with the trainer three times a week. I was so muscular or whatever. Like, um. Like having, and I guess you knew you could get there to begin with. I don't know. This isn't a good example. Well, for the, t- for the sake of this uh, conversation. No, I know, I know what you mean, but but um, no, I can't. I can't pretend to know the challenge of uh, being in shape and then being out of shape and gaining a lot of weight and then getting back in shape. Uh, I, that it doesn't even have to be that extreme. Like whatever out of quote the worst shape you will have been in in your adult life. Say a few weeks went by where you didn't go to the gym and you felt puny or something. The worst shapes that I've ever been in my life were typically a result of horrific injuries. Interesting. And then you just have to like... Where, where like when, when I had that staph infection, a septic joint in my ankle. How long were you out of commission? I was for? in the hospital for, for uh, I think, weeks. Jesus. And I was, you know, I was 12 and, uh, or something. And, and, you know, you come out of that and you have no strength. Mm-hmm. And that is... Horrible. That sucks. Yeah. Because everything's hard. Yeah. Everything's hard. You're out of breath going 
up the stairs, you know, you have no mobility in your joints. You don't know that you're ever going to get the ability back to like bend your ankle. Oh God. Um, and slowly over time, you just go from being able to do that to that, to that. And then you do your oh, shit. God. And then all of a sudden you are like, Oh, my body's, my body's back before you know it. I'm healthy again. Back in action. If you're spending time with loved ones over the holidays, chances are you're going to hear a lot of stories. The ones you love to hear and the ones you've heard too many times. But have you ever wanted to help your loved ones uh, like document those timeless stories? It can be challenging to write an entire book of life memories, but StoryWorth will make it fun and easy. Uh, and this is how anybody can write a book about their life. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved ones um, a single life-related question that you pick from their collection, like, you know, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Or what's the farthest that you've traveled? And all they have to do is reply with the story. Then after a year, StoryWorth will compile your loved one's stories and memories and even, you know, any photos or whatever that goes with it um, into an exquisite hardcover book creating value keepsakes, which you can do whatever you want with, but it's a really fun thing to have people to revisit and a great way to get to know your loved ones. Like a lot of the time by doing this exercise, they'll kind of tap into stories that they've never told you and it's this weird sort of like humanizing experience. I remember like reading, reading mine when I did it and I was like, damn, this is crazy. Like the things that I learned about my family members, it was something I honestly would have never been able to learn in any other situation. So it's, it can be a really valuable, fun, nice thing. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash oops today and save $10 off your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com slash oops. To save $10 on your first purchase, storyworth.com slash oops. Speaking of which, dude, I fucked my shoulder up. No idea how. But I do know that playing video games makes it feel worse, so I haven't been playing video games. <laughs> Somehow, like, moving my thumb around, like, makes this, like, my shoulder hurt. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, my shoulder's been bothering me, so I've been trying to get heal it, make it better. One thing I've been doing is taking ice baths. Have Wait, you really? Did you, ever, did you ever do that after practice I mean, and shit? I used to in school, yeah. but it... Oh. Fuck, sucked. So in particular, like, I, from the weight, like, I'm used to doing it from, like, the chest down, which is still brutal, but, like, once you're in there for 90 seconds, you get used to it. Yeah. But, like, above the chest is really challenging for me, and I only do it when I have to, and I've been doing it for the shoulder. Yeah, um, I say it's really good. Dude, it's so in vogue right now. It's great, but, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's really good for you. So anyway, oh. I've been doing it, and it's funny because once you're submerged, and you're good, right? So I've been leaning on the left side and doing it here, but I'm doing it in a public place. So when other people enter, the waves that they create are like the most brutal freezing cold oh, because they, yeah. they, they hit new parts of your like sternum and your neck. Yeah. So you, and especially when you see a guy come in who's like, ah, you're like, oh God, this guy's going to fucking polar bear it. It's going to displace so much water. Yeah, exactly. So then I find myself having to raise slightly when I see people enter and it's just like such a fucking brutal thing. Someday, my friend, we will be able to buy our own ice baths. (laughs) And that's when we'll know we're rich enough to send food back. And that we're better than everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Very good, dude. Uh, Ryan, what do we got, pal? Thanks for Ryan. Thanks for Ryan. Don't know if I can top Chris's fun, sexy <laughs> fact, Damn. but I'm going to do my best. Damn. That's all you can do. That's all man can do. So the Adriatic Sea, is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's 138.6 thousand square kilometers. Cool. Wow. That's it. 
And then, I don't want to keep doing this, but you said torture, so I have to tell you another form of medieval torture, and if you're interested and twisted like me slightly, there's dozens of them online. Thank God they don't do them today. So today's form of torture is called the pair of anguish. It's a simple mechanical torture device shaped like a pear, and it's placed inside the orifice of a person, usually the mouth, and then gradually expanded. It would ultimately shatter the skull and result in death. Oh, my God. How did they expand it? I'll show you a picture if you want. Here. It's like a claw. Oh. It's just like it's like exp- yeah, you kind of pull this thing out. Yeah. Right? Oh my it's, god. It does look like a pear. Dude, yeah. that's oh. fucked. That Didn't want to share it, but I had to. And then, <laughs> just, sorry, bro. I don't like Chris's squeamishness bully you into not sharing torture. <laughs> oh no, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I love it. Uh, Jason Bateman never finished high school. Wow. Which I was surprised by. So brilliant. He's a child star. Yes, uh, that's right. And then, uh, lastly, uh, you can buy a portable ice bathtub for adults on Amazon for $59. That's down 14% from its normal price. Um, There's many online in the thousands range, but there's enough solid reviews that I think that this $60 one would suffice, at least for now. Good. (laughs) Thank you, Ryan. Good to know. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Um, Julio Gallerati, can we find you performing live comedy anywhere? Yes, November 26th, the Den Theater, Chicago. Ooh, it's a good psyched. one. This is like a big show. It's going to be really good. I'm really excited. And it's going to be a good, positive, fun environment. Hope to see you guys there. Come on down. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that a random thing that I didn't need to add? <laughs> yeah, like it I was going to be a bad time. No, spirits are going to be high at this one. Yeah, that's it's, a, be a, it's a sick room. You got to be there. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a tour percolating. Just keep keep uh, keep your eyes open for that, Bubbling. and uh, excited to announce it and really uh, cast off on it with a flourish. So, thank you guys. We're Oops the podcast. We'll see you next.